Greetings, and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual, I have Patrick Brewer with me. How are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing good. Just trying to stay cool. Yeah, it's unusual warm weather for for uh, for a San Diego uh, winter or spring, if you will. Um, <laughs> we're, we're excited to have uh, Chief Marketing Officer for the San Diego Padres with us today, uh, talking a little bit of uh, Padre baseball behind the scenes, uh, Mr. Wayne Portello. Uh, how are you doing today, Mr. Portello? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. No, anytime, anytime. Great to have you, man. <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, right, so I talk. <laughs> go ahead, Patrick, and, and uh, go ahead and uh, give him uh, your first uh, question, if you will. Uh, I was just going to uh, have you, I guess, give give the people listening a brief overview of, of what a chief marketing officer does and kind of what your role is with the team, because I know a lot of people may not be totally clear on that role. Uh, yeah, sure. I, um, you know, uh, oversee uh, several different departments within the organization. Uh, I oversee our PR communications team, our marketing and our brand team, our in-game entertainment, our production, and content and social media. So day-to-day, every day is different, um, you know, whether it's player transactions um, of how we're going to communicate that or um, announcements in regards to the organization, whether that be promotional calendars or, uh, you know, different activities that will be coming up throughout the season, uh, all of that, anything that gets communicated by the organization, uh, whether that's through social media, traditional media, in-game venue using the video board, uh, all of that uh, runs uh, through my world. Awesome. So pretty much like, I guess you could, sum it up as the behind the scenes stuff, how the team is marketed to the public basically. Yeah. Anything that you see that's using our brand, uh, forward facing, uh, usually most times will run through my department. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So also I guess going off that, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess your past, uh, I know you, you spent time with in in Miami with the dolphins and then kind of how that transitioned into your time here in San Diego. Yeah, sure. So I started in Boston I worked in radio for 10 years. Um, I did some on-air work. I did uh, some behind-the-scenes. And then I got involved in marketing and promotions. Uh, from from that, I, uh, I transitioned into the content side of things and started covering sports teams uh, for, uh, for WEEI.com. Um, I was able to transition that to go work for the Miami Dolphins and uh, head up their content department and start uh, a program for them called the Finsiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Finsiders uh, is sort of the, uh, the the cousin of uh, of the show you you all have come to know is uh, Padres Social Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- those shows are similar. Um, the, the the Miami project was uh, taking our media in house and uh, growing that pro- that program. Um, and and through that, you know, the evolution of sort of what is marketing. Uh, started, you know, the everything sort of changed in the last five, seven years, right? So, uh, with the with the with the uh, the power of social media coming into light, and how how teams communicate uh, has evolved uh, immensely. And so, you know, we were sort of in the middle of that. And coming from the the media side of things, uh, there's a lot of folks uh, working for sports teams today that started their career on the media side because sports teams now need to communicate in all different uh, ways, not just in traditional means that they used to. Yeah, I think social media has definitely played that that big role over the past, I guess, few years and even longer than that. 
And I think Padres Social Hour really does a good job of connecting the fans more to the team and kind of an inside look at both the team itself, like on the field and then behind the scenes as well. Yeah, it, you know, uh, it, when I got to Miami and started working with uh, Mike D, um, and when we came out here, uh, it was an important part of the plan um, was to have a means for our fans to connect every day with the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to to make happen, uh, to produce a live TV radio web show every day uh, takes uh, resources. Uh, it takes dollars and staffing uh, and commitment to that. And, uh, you know, compliments to, uh, to Mike and to our ownership group for committing the resources to my team to uh, put that on. And uh, it's nice to see the response from fans uh, who, who are enjoying. Uh, we get great feedback from fans who do enjoy having that daily check-in you know, with with Jesse and uh, and uh, and Blooper, uh, Nikki and, and the whole crew, Bill Center, Randy, and uh, you know that show's about to evolve again as uh, Jesse takes his next step in his career, which we're very excited for him, and uh, we'll uh, we'll soon be announcing a new host of Padre Social Hour. Nice, nice. That that, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Do you have a particular time, or is the finalist being narrowed down, or is there any inside information you can give us uh, as far as a new host? Well, you know, I can hark back to my radio days and say, stay tuned, uh, <laughs> coming soon. Uh, yeah, okay. it'll be soon. Okay. Um, you know, they, uh, I think they shot a social hour today, which will, I think, I think it airs tonight. And, uh-huh. uh, and, uh, you know, uh, ideally for us is to have that person in place, uh, before we head off to Peoria, nice. which if you remember, uh, two years ago, almost to the day is when, uh, Jesse Aguilar joined the organization. So, uh, okay. You know, right before we headed off to Arizona, Jesse got here. I think he had three days in uh, San Diego before we uh, headed over, uh, headed a little east. Wow. Okay. So we're going to be hopefully a little ahead of your timeline from from uh, bringing Jesse on board. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hoping to get this person five days in San Diego. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Um, okay. Sure. So when when you uh, you know developed the the social hour idea, was it difficult to pitch to ownership, or was it something that Mike D pretty much wanted to do already from his? Yeah. Uh, no. No uh, question. No okay. question. Uh, I think the success that we had in Miami uh, with with that similar show, I think uh, Mike gets uh, the uh, the need for today's sports teams to be connecting with their fans. Um, and, and the show is one of is is just one of the ways we do that, but it's an important way because it's it's a daily check in, right? Baseball season is a grind, and you know I think they did 186 shows in 187 days last year, wow. uh, something along those lines. Um, you know it's a grind, and but for our fans, that's part of the process. Now, one thing that 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 Mike uh, saw, and, and then when I got here, was looking at. So Fox Sports does a half-hour pregame show, uh, Fox Sports San Diego, and then on the radio side, you know, a little bit longer. But there was sort of this – we were like, let's try this out. I think there's a need. Uh, fans want to hear more. They want to talk more. They want to chat about the team. And uh, so that was it. And, no, our ownership uh, group is uh, is great. We're uh, – I mean, obviously, you know, I work for them. So, I'm, you know, everybody says you have to say nice things. But uh, <laughs> they are they're, – they're tremendous to work for and uh, get it and understand and uh, have been really open to new ideas and innovation and, and ways in which, you know, there aren't other teams in baseball taking on 
full multimedia shows every day. Yeah, um, it takes, you know, it takes an investment and it, not just an investment in writing a check. I mean, you know, ownership groups can do that. This is an investment in not just writing a check, but in committing resources and, and, and uh, time and effort into this as well. So, yeah, no, everybody was on board and has really, they've really, I think everybody's enjoyed the, the program and enjoyed sort of the growth of it and the characters and, you know, it, it gives more, more touch points for our fans, which is, which is nice. Definitely, yeah. It's 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 key for the fans to feel a little more involved, if you will, in the in the team. And and the Padre Social Hour definitely does that. Um, right. Were there any other teams that contacted you uh, regarding the development of the show or the success of the yeah. show? Not just teams. Uh, other TV stations. We've had a lot of people tour the studio. Okay. Uh, the the show is produced by one person, uh, which yeah, is uh, very very rare in TV. Um, uh, I worked uh, in my time in Miami. Uh, I worked with a consultant and built a rig that uh that just uh that one person could produce just the video portion of the show so our show there was produced by two people which i was told when i got there would take 10 uh we got it down to two which is pretty cool and then uh my goal when i got here was to get it down to a one-man band and uh you know seth has done an incredible job of uh of doing that but it, the, show, the, the system in which we've put in place allows for it to constantly be evolving and growing and adding new features. So if you watch show one from year one versus the last show of last year, you'll see a lot more included in the show. And there are little things that, as a general fan of the show, you may not notice. But as, you know, for me or Seth or Jesse and Nikki, you know, adding social media and adding live tweets to the screen um, – adding different B-roll packages so that you're seeing highlights of Matt Kemp as we're talking about Matt Kemp and that those highlights are getting updated and that it's from the last whole, you know, last game. You're seeing fresh highlights in there. That, that all, that all takes time and, and it takes uh, uh, processes to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been nice to see that come, come to life. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, we've, we've been contacted by a lot of different organizations, not just baseball teams, but uh, football teams and, that have come in and wanted a tour uh, social hour. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I guess Blooper is the man, contrary to, contrary to what uh, Jesse always up here. Yeah, he's done a nice job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a good show. It's definitely got, I guess, the viewers more involved, and it's, it's bringing the, the, the team, I guess, more to the spotlight overall. Yeah, I think it, I think it brings the team. I think it, bring, it gives the fans – a destination to go and uh, interact with 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 each other mm-hmm. and an or and the organization and you know that I think over you know years will will continue to grow and I think uh, you know I, I I often say you know before my time in Miami you know working uh, for an NFL franchise was you know as I as I got older and I got married and we had kids the amount of time that I was allowed to go out and maybe go have a beer on Sunday and watch football with my friends was decreasing, but I still yearned for that conversation during the game and the debate and that camaraderie that comes with watching a game with friends. Um, I think social media and shows like the social hour uh, have created that camaraderie and that, that, that sense of community around a common interest like the Padres so that fans and, 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 you know, whether you're super diehard fans to your casual fans, have a place where they can go to talk about whatever it is that's hot on the mind of 
Padres fans, baseball fans as a whole, um, and it's a destination and, and, and a place where you can go have that conversation and know that there's going to be other people that want to discuss it as well. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree that it creates that sort of camaraderie, as you said. And I guess speaking of, of the fans and, and what they desire, I wanted to talk to you about the color brown, the brown sure. jerseys. I know that's kind of a – you've probably heard a lot about that, obviously, from where you stand. Um, fans seem to really want it. What are your thoughts on that reaction and how, how that played into your guys' decision on the new uniforms, the blue and yellow? Yeah, I think uh, I think one thing that we did with this year's, with 2016's uniforms, um, is we've sort of offered a little something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are people. You know, you know a lot. It's, people will say, "Well, everybody's happy." You know, if you brought back Brown, that's not the case. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's it's uh, it's not. And you know, so when we did this um, with the, what we've rolled out. You know, we've heard some really, you know, some folks that initially upon the change go, oh, what are they doing? And then, you know, as days go on, go, wow, I, you know what? I really like the blue and yellow or, you know, I like the uh, the brown. You know, I didn't think I was going to like the brown, but I like the brown. Uh, I think it gave us the opportunity to um, pay um, tribute to a lot. There's something from every generation of Padres uniforms rolled into some piece of 2016's uniform, whether it's the word, way we wrote the word Padres and the new Padres word mark um, that, 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 that is, uh, you know, based off of the original uh, 19, the original uh, National League Padres uniform. Uh, it's a little bit fatter, but it's based off of that. If you look at that uniform, whether it's the bell hat in the brown uniform or just the brown base as a whole uh, to the, uh, to the two-tone, even though this is a yellow two-tone versus an orange two-tone, the two-tone pace, you know, to that, to that, the 2000s there. Uh, so for us, it was important to tell the story of all of the Padres uniforms uh, over time. And I think, you know, where we go from here, we'll see. I think uh, it's given us some nice options uh, for the future. Yeah. Uh, I, go ahead, James. So, so you're leaving a little bit of a, a opening for uh, 2017. I, I, we did that. We did that when we announced it. We announced that the that the home jersey is a commemorative one year jersey. That mm-hmm. the the blue and yellow SD on the uh, on on the chest on one side is the one sided SD is a one year commemorative with the All Star patch to celebrate that it's not only a celebration that the Padres are hosting the All-Star game because it's not just the Padres. It's the entire community of San Diego hosting the All-Star game. So for one year, we'll wear SD on our chest and celebrate the entire city and and just how proud we are to represent uh, San Diego. Nice, nice. And, you know, it's it, a lot of a lot of people are, are are like you say wanting the brown. A lot of people are not wanting the brown, and, and I understand it's difficult to please everyone. But it's nice to see that there's a different array of styles to choose from. And uh, and I know the fans are anxious to see what the, the future holds as far as a permanent jersey, if you will. Yeah, listen, it's uh, it's an evolution, and uh, you know we were we were really happy with the response that we got from. From from the New Jersey's, and uh, it'll uh, it'll continue to evolve, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the thing is, you can't ever, I guess, please everyone. So, as long as you get, I guess, a nice variety of jerseys to maybe please every individual 
I guess, section of the fan base that it creates a better uh, situation for us all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, one thing that the Padres have had over the years is a lot of variations of uniforms. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, it's fact. And, uh, you know, where where we take it from here, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think uh, as a fan base, you know, this fan base is – kind of gotten used to that and I I, I also I saw someone tweet the other day you know I don't know what I'll do if if they settle into something and I'll have nothing to argue about but uh, (laughs) exactly (laughs) we uh, we, you know we 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 do strive for that and uh, we'll see where where, where we land Mm -hmm. so since you mentioned the all-star game I want to come back to that so I guess what's your role in that and how are you preparing to bring the all-star game to Petco Park for the first time yeah I mean it's coming, so whether I prepare to bring it or not, it's arriving. <laughs> it's so, gonna be there regardless. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, there's a lot um, that that our team is working on. Um, you know, whether you know we've got somebody on our staff that's just dedicated to uh, to helping execute the All Star Game and working closely with every facet of Major League Baseball and coordinating all of that. Um, whether it's the layout to the video board, to the music that's played, or the entrances, to the parties that are taking place, to Fan Fest, um, there's parades, the red carpet parade, there's uh, home run derby, there, there's a lot of things, that, there's a concert, there's so many um, different uh, pieces of the All-Star game, and uh, Major League Baseball comes in about every other month, and then they start as we get closer to come every month, and then they're here for about a month uh, to get it ready. Uh, we will, you know, our team, our staff will be working hand in hand uh, with Major League Baseball to uh, to help make that happen. And uh, it's exciting, you know, it's exciting for the city, it's exciting for the region, but it's also exciting for our staff um, to be part of this and, uh, you know, bring it to life. And we're, we're really excited about it. You know, last year in, uh, in Cincinnati, we sent a, a team uh, out there. Um, to shadow the uh, the Reds team and their staff, just to, to kind of get ourselves ready for what was coming. But uh, we've been working really hard to uh, to get the ballpark ready, and uh, we're really excited to, uh, to 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 you know to unveil some new uh, new locations uh, in the ballpark and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 welcome the 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 entire baseball world uh, to San Diego. Cool. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh all the work that must go into prepping the stadium for that kind of event. It's kind of a huge, huge thing around the game. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, one of the things that we've been working on, uh, you know, Bill center did a piece on this a little while ago about, you know, Padres hall of fame and, mm-hmm. and, and some of the changes that we're doing there and, and, and unveiling uh, for the first time, a true Padres hall of fame uh, where it'll have its own location, square footage at Petco park, you know, that's just one of the projects. One of the other things we're working on is working on telling the story of Padres history, not just in the Hall of Fame, but throughout Petco Park, so that, you know, when the baseball world does arrive at Petco Park, that they realize that there is a rich baseball history here and that the Padres uh, have had a, you know, a, a really nice history, and we want to make sure everybody uh, is aware and, and, and learns a little bit about that, not just then, but whenever people visit. You know, you're there with your kids, to be able to look up and and t- and see something that sort of you know makes you remember a story from when you were a kid, you're able to share that. I think I think that's something that's really going to come to life this year at Petco. Nice, yeah. You know the team really does need to embrace its history. You know, it's even though it's short and 
and uh, bittersweet, if you will. The team really does need to embrace it and, and form a, a type of tradition for the, for the fans. And, and it's nice to see that the Hall of Fame is, is being constructed. Um, yeah, no question. I think, you know, a big part of that, you know, is our ownership group uh, and, and the fact that Mike was here before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with Ron's, you know, sort of history and tenure in the city of San Diego, uh, the Seidler family's just history in baseball. And then obviously Mike was here and understands a lot of that history and, and you know, what went into getting Petco Park built and what this community had to do to rally around this organization to get Petco built and to resurrect, you know, the gas lamp in East Village uh, neighborhoods around this ballpark. Um, that's a big part of the history. And it goes much further back than that. But I think uh, there's a lot of people in this town that remember it. And uh, it's, you know, it's on us as stewards of this brand to to bring that to life. Yes, definitely. You know, I saw a tweet uh, from Aerosmith Brewing Company about uh, Tony Gwynn Museum. Um, so I imagine they're going to be involved in, in some sort. Is there anything you can divulge on that, or is it just going to have to be a, another stay tuned? I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. Who, who did you, who did uh, you the, tweet on? The Aerosmith Brewing Company? Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, anything to do with our Hall of Fame. It might be something separate. Okay, okay. I, I didn't know if that was uh, for the Hall of Fame or for that uh, Tony Gwynn Museum, I, I guess, that they're building uh, on the East County. It's probably what it's uh, Got it, got it. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, our Hall of Fame, obviously, uh, Tony, Mr. Padre will be a, a major part of it, but I'm not I'm not up to speed on what that project is. Okay, cool. You know, you had mentioned uh, briefly the Wright Center Field Concourse area. Is there anything you can tell us about that? And, you know, the fans are pretty excited about uh, the development there and uh, what, in, that will entail yeah i just think uh I'm, I'm excited about it you know as we've done in a lot of different areas of the ballpark is we've been able to take areas that um may not have been some of the most desirable locations um i think what what resided in uh in uh, right center field before was unique but was not uh one of the locations that was uh high on people's list to sit more than once yeah. and um and, and so when we we analyze it and look at some of those areas, you go, what what could we do to bring this to life? Um, for example, last year with left field, taking out nine rows of seats and putting in a two-level party deck, you know, all of a sudden you took an area that was very rarely sold and made it an area that was pretty frequently sold. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's the job of a of a front office for us is to help um, bring some of these areas to life so that we can bring more people into the ballpark, help create more revenue for the organization so we can create, uh, put a, uh, keep improving the product on the field and also keep improving the product off the field so that, you know, Petco stays, you know, at the top of the class as one of the best uh, ballparks in the entire country. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to to how that's going to look. And, you know, the, you, you're, you're spot on on your assessment of the of the beach it was one of those uh, nostalgic places. It's fun to go to maybe one time, but it, it just wasn't the best place to, to view a ball a ball game. And, and and one piece on that too was one thing that we noticed often was little kids playing in the sand, having a great time, and uh, home runs uh, coming pretty darn close to them as they played in the sand. So yes. we didn't eliminate the sand. We just sort of moved it to the top of the area a lot further out, uh, so that the kids could play and uh, be a little bit safer. Yeah, that, you, that heaven forbid something like that would happen on on, on during a game telecast. That wouldn't. I always, yep. I always wondered if that could happen. I was like, is some kid's gonna get hit by a baseball at some point. It's not gonna be what, good. 
Yeah, and so, you know, once once that thought kind of enters your mind and, you know, you you can do something about it, you've got to kind of try to look at a way to, you know, keep the the fun of the sand but mm-hmm. make it a little bit safer um, for, for, for the fans and, uh, you know, still allowing their parents to come and have fun and let the kids play um, but putting in a little bit of a safer environment. Definitely, definitely. You know, talk a little bit about uh, Petco being used as such a, you know, diverse multi-use facility. You know, the, the holiday stuff you have, the monster trucks, the golf, the basketball. You know, concerts. talk to us. Yeah, the <laughs> concerts. Talk to us how, how that's developed and and just, you know, I imagine a lot of other teams are approaching you in the, in the same manner, trying to pick your guys' brains on, uh, you know, using the stadium in a, in a beneficial way, if you will, when it's not being used. Yeah, I think it goes back to the, you know, back to what I mentioned before about Mike D having been here before. Mm-hmm. Um, he was here when the promises were made. Uh, Ron Fowler was uh, part of the process when the promises were made of Petco was going to be more than a ballpark. Um, and, you know, when the new ownership group bought the team uh, and Mike was brought back to, uh, to run the organization uh, from the CEO standpoint, um, part of the plan was how do we activate this space? We're in, in an amazing climate, uh, in a great community, uh, in a downtown situation. <clears throat> what else could we do to help, uh, you know, activate the ballpark? So we've got a great team uh, on our event staff uh, who is very creative. We worked, you know, they came up with some ideas. Some of, some of the programs are uh, – um, where they're outside companies like Supercross and Monster Trucks, uh, Monster Jam, uh, with Feld Entertainment, Feld Motorsports, putting those on. Uh, others like Holiday Wonderland are actually built, produced, and run by us as as, as the Padres. Um, we've seen, you know, golf was uh, was built and run by us. It was a partnership with Callaway. Um, you know, that was. Uh, you know, in a meeting with Callaway, and they were looking for a way to uh, to activate, and uh, you know, uh, it was it, it just sort of came to light, and uh, you know, Mike had a really good idea. They love the idea, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, I think our, you know, there's one thing, you know, to have a good idea, and then there's another to have a great team that can put it on, and uh, we're fortunate that uh, you know our team did a great job executing that and uh, bringing it to life, and you know, selling it out really quickly. Um, and then on the concert side, you know, we have concert business for, for several years uh, in San Diego and Petco Park. Um, it took a commitment to go out and convince the, the, the concert industry to give us a chance and, and to try Petco again. That San Diego isn't, you know, South Orange County, that it's its own entity and that we are, are, are a community that can support major concerts. Um, that started, you know, with Paul McCartney, um, and that was exciting. And, you know, our team did a phenomenal job. And then, you know, to get the Rolling Stones to open their U.S. tour here and to be the only show west of the Rockies is a tremendous honor. And uh, that, you know, another show that sells out very quickly. Um, Taylor Swift, again, another. And you keep going from there. Uh, Taylor Swift was great because she did five shows in L.A., uh, and yet we still sold out, thus proving again that San Diego is that type of a market that can that can hold their own and, and sell out those types of shows. And uh, it's great. we got a, a, our, our team that works on that, but 
led by Jeremy Horowitz, who uh, takes on um, the getting out there and getting these concerts. And then obviously, you know, we announced Billy Joel uh, just a few weeks ago, and that sold out, uh, I think, within five minutes, I think. So uh, another show where he's doing one show in California, and, and, and he chose and he chose San Diego. So uh, great, great, obviously, for Petco Park, great, uh, you know, for our staff, but amazing for San Diego as a whole. Um, to, you know, to, we, we deserve those types of shows. We deserve uh, that type of attention from the concert industry. And this is a community that supports uh, major shows, obviously. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially on a venue like that that's so unique. Uh, a lot, just uh, being there in itself is, is, a, is a treat for, for most uh, fans, I would imagine. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 you know, Petco lends itself being in a downtown environment to just an amazing concert venue. Yes. I mean, you're sitting there taking in the Rolling Stones as you look at the skyline of San Diego uh, uh-huh. through the park at the park. is uh, it, it, it's, it's definitely a, a great place. And let's not forget, when you're bringing 40,000, 45, whatever thousand people down into the East Village and the Gaslamp District uh, yeah. on days where there wasn't baseball, right, That that's another benefit of the ballpark being activated. Yes, it's great that we're busy and that we're filling up, but all the restaurants in the area are full, and you know they're 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 packed before and after shows, and um, you know all the businesses that benefit from that type of uh, activity uh, just just continues to uh, to build. I mean, the amount of people that stayed, flew in, and stayed the weekend to come in and check out any of those shows um, definitely you know continues to help uh, build on on uh, on downtown San Diego. Definitely, definitely. Any any new uh, exposure to the Padres and, and to the city of San Diego is definitely beneficial for for the whole community. And you know, it's it's just not, it's nice that the the Padres have opened up Petco in that manner. And, and you know, it's it's a shame to have it just sit there empty for six months. And just it's in the envision that you guys are showing is is really is really uh, should be commended. Yeah, we appreciate it. The uh, the um, there's also something to be said for events non-baseball events may bring people into the building that, you know, don't, don't haven't come to Petco in a while to see a Padres game. And they may walk in and go, wow, wow. They have a seaside market in here. Wow. They've got, you know, Zenbu sushi, all these places. This is fantastic. Uh, you know, Phil's barbecue, the, that go, wow, this is a great place just to kind of come have, have a great time. And, uh, maybe we should come check out a game and, you know, one game leads to two, leads to 10, you know, leads to, uh, you know, hopefully season tickets and somebody that, that, that yeah. becomes, you know, more entrenched in the organization. Uh, that, that, that also helps. Definitely. It's, it's nice to, that you guys are embracing, you know, the, the fact that new people can come in and like you say, become fans of, of the team and baseball that weren't even fans before. And, and that's Absolutely. what it's all about. That, that, that's definitely a great uh, marketing strategy. Um, you know, Patrick, you had a great question uh, regarding Wayne as far as the Chargers. So I, I oh think, yeah, Wayne, I wanted uh, to. I guess I want to discuss the Chargers a little bit and maybe your thoughts on the whole: Are they leaving? Are they not leaving? Situation. I guess from a marketing standpoint, like how do you think they've handled that situation? In your opinion, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think today it just got announced that they're staying for 2016. Uh-huh. Um, you know. Um, yeah, as an organization, I mean, we'd love to see the Chargers here. It's uh, it's great for the city to have an NFL franchise, and uh, 
you know, we, we, we hope that, you know, the Chargers and the city of San Diego can come together and uh, find a solution that, uh, that works for everybody. Um, and, and hopefully that happens soon. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we, we all hope that they stay, but it seems like, I don't know. They're kind of wishy-washy at this point. So who really yeah. knows what's going to happen over the next year, but I guess yeah. at least we have one more year. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't blame <laughs> I don't blame you for not tackling that uh, marketing question in regard to the <laughs> Yeah, I don't want you to throw yeah. one under the did bus I, there. Did I step aside of that properly? Okay, just making yeah, sure. I no, you're, you're good. I, I, I didn't expect you to throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, listen, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Tough one for all involved. Uh-huh. Yes, definitely. Okay, you know, let's change uh, change paces a little bit here. You know, let's... Uh, Talk about a little bit of personal side. How you know? Were you involved in sports at all? What's your background, sports related? Uh, just curious. Yeah. So sports wise, um, when I got into radio in Boston, um, one of the stations in the cluster of stations I worked for was a sports station, mm-hmm. uh, WEEI, and uh, we had the rights to uh, Red Sox baseball on the radio. We had the rights to uh, Patriots shoulder programming, and then eventually got the Boston Celtics. So I worked with all three of those organizations uh, over my 10 years in Boston. Um, really, really unique uh, opportunity to get exposure to three different front offices. And then I got to do some work with the Bruins as well. So I guess all four of our major franchises in Boston. Um, and, uh, you know, th- that was a really nice uh, opportunity for me. As, a, as you know, my, my sports background um, – I, I love baseball. Um, I played baseball as a kid. Uh, I coached baseball for about eight eight years, I think, uh, coaching Little League in Babe Ruth back in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that, um, but I was never uh, never good enough to play. I uh, just didn't really work for me. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I didn't grow until I was later, later in life. So, uh, you know, the size was never uh, on my favor until now. But uh, – <laughs> But really, always enjoyed sports. I didn't. Uh, I didn't grow up in a, in a big uh, sports household, but uh, uh, sports, you know, kind of took on a life of its own in Boston. Uh, I started uh, in sports radio the week before the the snowball game for the Patriots. So uh, <laughs> in my in my ten years there, were you know a few few Super Bowls, a uh, few World Series, and NBA championships. So I was able to uh, cover uh, most of those. Uh, right. Speaking right. of Boston, did did you have any interaction with Don Orsillo before he came to San Diego? You know, I was. Uh, it's funny, um, a little bit. I was, a, you know, I was a young kid uh, covering the team, as you know, in the trenches, uh-huh. uh, and uh, so I obviously knew who Don was, and uh, um, and then kind of coming up the ranks, um, worked with a lot of folks. Um, you know, I was on the radio side; he was on the TV side. Um, so, you know, we, we crossed paths, uh, several times, but, uh, when the opportunity came up to, uh, to bring Don to, uh, to San Diego, obviously I, I, I've seen a lot of Don and watched a lot of Don on television, mm-hmm. uh, living in, in Boston for as long as I did. But, uh, yeah, we just, you know, the, the opportunity was there to go out and get somebody who we think is a tremendous broadcaster and can be here for a really long time. And, uh, that, that, that that seemed like the right thing to do for the organization. And now we're really excited uh, for that. And and with with that being said, we're also excited to celebrate, you know, Dick Enberg's career this year. Uh, You know, what a tremendous broadcasting career Dick has had. Um, And so before we, you know, look to Don, we, 
you know, we want to celebrate, you know, what an amazing career Dick has had throughout his broadcasting career, but also, you know, the last years here with the Padres uh, and how fortunate we feel to be able to have, uh, to work with him uh, on a daily basis and uh, and bring that to life. So, yeah, I you know, I feel very, uh, very fortunate to have the job that I have and get to do what I do and work with these amazing uh, broadcasters. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I had a question for you uh, regarding um, Kurt Bavakwa's uh, alumni roundtable and whether that's going to be a part of the Padre Social Hour moving forward. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're finalizing all of our scheduling now. So okay. I think as you uh, as you see our uh, you know uh, over the next few weeks, uh, I think you'll see some more announcements as to what to expect in uh, 2016 uh, from a social hour perspective. Okay, okay. I, just, I had I had to try to get one one yeah, little no bit of information. <laughs> no do you, do you enjoy the show? Do you like that show? Definitely. I I love his I love his take. I love old ball players, and you know, it's it's fun seeing them sit around and and just kind of talk. I don't know if he'd appreciate calling him old though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna you, tell him he said that. You're probably right. You're, probably right. <laughs> you're in trouble now. <laughs> maybe, maybe retired ball players. There we or... go. Retired, Ex- experienced, experienced ball players. veterans. All right, I'll, I'll make sure to let him know. Well, I don't know. When when Jesse was on, he called him Dirty Kurt, so I think I can still call him old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a couple more questions for Mr. Partello, and then uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll let you, you can go. You call me Wayne. It's all right. <laughs> okay, Wayne. Okay, Wayne. We're, pla- we're past the pleasantries now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You you you, you age me immensely when you used to call me that. Now you're calling him old. <laughs> yeah, you're calling everybody old today. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. You know, I'd I'd love to get a quick impression of uh, AJ Preller from you and and what you uh, you know talking to him and and. Uh, being able to pick his brain and know the type of baseball personality that he has. Give me just a quick impression of, of what you think of him. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, – he's focused. He is uh, – he's all baseball all the time. Um, you know, he is uh, – he is open. He, he, he may be the smartest person in the room but never believes he is and is open to everybody's input. Um, and and hear it and 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 weigh everybody's opinion equally and 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 to make his decisions. And some of the smartest people you'll ever be around are usually that type of person. Somebody who doesn't need to tell you how smart they are or show you how smart they are. They're they're just they're just on another level of uh, of intelligence. And that that's fun to watch. Um, he is uh, he's a great guy. He loves basketball. He loves to play basketball. Um, but he really truly loves baseball he could talk baseball 24 7 you know and uh really enjoys that i think he does uh i think he's done an incredible job of compiling a staff and compiling a group of people who are passionate about getting towards a common goal and that common goal is bringing a championship a world championship to san diego uh that that takes time it takes passion it takes commitment but, I, you know, you see it. You see it in, in him. You see it in the people he's brought in. Uh, you see it in, you know, in, in Andy Green and now his staff. Um, you know, they, they're, there's, a, there's a common denominator amongst all of those people, which is they are committed to making it happen. Now, listen, it's baseball, right? Who knows? And, but I know, you know, I know every day when I go to work that everybody else that's going to work is going in with the same mission. 
and it's to put the best organization we can out there every day. And it takes time. I look at, you know, the way we've grown things on the, you know, from a, from a, you know, we talked about earlier in my world, the, the social hour and the growth that that has had over two years, you know, uh, AJ's a year in, you know, Andy's a few months in, you know, but I, I can tell you the difference in the organization from day one of AJ versus today and uh, how it continues, how it continues to evolve. He's also relentless. He keeps going. It's amazing. Uh, he's just always on the go and thinking about a million things and weighing different options. And he, you know, everything is everything is on the table, and 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 it's amazing. And he's great to work with, and uh, just a lot of fun to uh, to, uh, to to see that to see him to see his vision for all of this starting to come to life. Yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of fans are, 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 you know, starting to fall off the bandwagon, if you will. They're just impatient. But uh, the true diehards of the team realize, you know, it's a long plan and it's a drawn out plan. And, you know, it's going to take time, like you like you said. And we do recognize the passion that uh, he provides and Andy Green provides and, and as well as anybody connected with the Padres. And we're definitely yeah. appreciative of that. Yeah, I would say this, I, I you know, from a, um, you know, in terms of fans falling off the bandwagon, I don't, I don't see that. I, I see fans that are excited and fans that are just anxious and ready, um, and and that's okay, right? And and we we've you know we've got work to do. We know that, and uh, as an organization, we're going to keep working towards uh, getting you know working to get better every day, yeah. and uh, that's what we've got to do. And we'll we'll keep doing that. And uh, and I think you know I think that will that will pay dividends over time when people see that there's a commitment from the top down, from ownership down to players down to, you know, everybody, that everybody in the organization is committed to the long-term success of this franchise and bringing a championship to San Diego. Yeah, and you, and you saw that firsthand, I'm sure, in, in Boston in the different uh, organizations you work with and in, in the type of um, history and type of philosophy that you have. And it's, it's nice to be able to bring that to San Diego from – Something that they've they've really lacked for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate, right? I was a I was a young guy working in a city, getting thrust into a sports market that was about to come of age, and 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 it happened. And, and you you know, when you're in the moment, you think, oh yeah, of course this will last forever, and uh, you know it doesn't, right? But you get to kind of start to piece together as you step away from it what those things were that made those teams great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I can tell you, AJ, AJ is, you know, he's focused on making that happen here. And, uh, you know, and, and if, if anything is, is not, not catching any extra sleep while trying to make it happen, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's going to work it and make it happen. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's a definitely, yeah, he's definitely working hard. We, we definitely appreciate that. Our, our fans, our fans can feel very comfortable knowing that the person who's uh, irresponsible to make it happen is, uh, is given everything he's got to get there. Good. That's, and that's truly what all that a fan can really ask for with their organization. Um, Patrick, did you have anything else for, for Wayne? Um, no, I just wanted to say like that. I kind of agree with that point that this organization, you can tell now they're actually, I don't want to say past, I guess people in charge didn't care, but you can really tell that, that everyone is putting their best foot forward and, and putting, all the effort in to make this team a winner. And even from a behind the scenes point, as Wayne was mentioning, just making this a, a product for the city of San Diego and just the whole community and not just baseball wise, just as like a, as a team, you know? 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and on behalf of you know us, you know, we uh, we're, we we appreciate that that feedback, and look, we, we, there's there's always work to be done, and we know that. Um, I'm never going to sit here and tell you we're perfect, mm-hmm. but uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep working to get better uh, every day, and uh, if we can continue to do that and and have that philosophy and and that that work ethic top to bottom within our organization, and that starts at the top. You know, with Ron Fowler, Peter Stither, you know that that's that that's the mantra from 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 those folks and Mike D and and our leadership team. Everybody is driven and 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 pushing this organization um, to to take it and 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 get better every day. Uh, you know, and keep working to do that. So, uh, you know, appreciate the time today, guys, and I uh, hope uh, hope uh, this went well. And uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, to talk to just some marketing guy. Of course, <laughs> it was great insight. Yes, you're definitely more than a marketing guy. You're you're, you're faced around the stadium, and a lot of fans uh, interact with you and talk to you. And it's 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 good to have you. And uh, you're more than welcome to be to come join us at any time, Wayne. Thanks, guys. Have a great have a great uh, great day. You, you too. Thank well. you so much. Thank you. Bye. All right, folks. Well, that was Wayne Portello, uh, Chief Marketing Officer for the San Diego Padres. Uh, he was gracious enough to join us and talk a little bit about the inside uh, information and, uh, you know, what goes about uh, running Petco Park and, and San Diego Padres, if you will. Um, Patrick, any anything uh, we need to add? Um, I'm just look, looking forward to the All-Star break and All-Star game in San Diego. And I, Wayne, Wayne and co. are doing their best to, to put the, the best foot forward for the city of San Diego, and I think it's, it's really going to turn out great for us. Yeah, definitely. We're we're definitely excited. We're about three weeks away from spring training. Uh, Padre baseball is very close, folks. It's uh, it's we can almost uh, you can almost smell it. Yeah, it's it's getting there. And as always, give us give us a follow on Podbean. Check us out on iTunes. Give us a listen. All that good stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for for joining us and uh, East Village Times podcast. Signing out. <laughs>